0: Hello everybody and welcome. This is Romy the Homie and you are listening to the Journey with Romy podcast where I'll be teaching lessons and principles from the Bible, sharing my life experiences and what they taught me and interviewing some pretty dope people. The best part is no subject is off limits. We are talking about everything. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get right to it. All right, so this week I'm going to be talking about Romans chapter 5. Again, this is Paul um, talking to the Jews, but also it's very relevant and he's also talking to modern day Christians or anyone who has accepted Christ, so all believers. So this week I'm going to read from the New King James Version. So here we go, Romans chapter 5. I'm going to start with the first five verses. Because the love of God has been poured out in the hearts, in our hearts, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So as believers, here's the thing. There's benefits to the gospel. There's benefits of the gospel. And um, in this these next couple of verses, Paul is pointing out some of those benefits. So the first thing, the first benefit that we see is peace with God. Like there's no more hostility between God and man. We are now friends of God whereas by before because of sin and because we were um because we were born sinners we were not reconciled with God we could not dwell with God we could not have fellowship with God because God cannot be he's so holy and so righteous he cannot be where sin is but because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ we now have peace with God now he has bridged the gap between God and man and he has reconciled that relationship and I want to take a, a few minutes just to talk about the things that um, we can hope for, even in verse two, right? Another benefit of the gospel is favor. Like God sees us as near and dear, just like his son, right? Because we're adopted into the family, right? We're now children of God and justification justification positions us perfectly and permanently as Christ again I, I've said it so many times because uh Paul reiterates this point over and over and over again in the book of Romans, how God sees us through the eyes of Christ, we are justified because of Christ if you if you've accepted that sacrifice, and not only that a uh, another benefit is that, as believers, we can rejoice when we have tribulations, knowing what it's producing, knowing that nothing that we ever grow go through is in vain it always serves a purpose and that purpose is going to build the character It's going to build perseverance is going to have a hope and it's going to have a hope in the one who never disappoints us because it's a hope in God it's the the hope and the glory of God that one day we will have fellowship with him we'll see him face to face um we'll be able to you know talk to him directly right we'll be able to fellowship with him like never before so These are to some of the benefits um, that we see. Another one, we can can glory in those tribulations. Glory in the hope that that one day we'll be glorified just as Jesus was glorified. And also glory in those tribulations, knowing what they're doing within us. So verses 6 through 11 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely... Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So that's the term that I was using earlier about because of his sacrifice, we've been reconciled to God. There's no more separation. There's no more eternal separation from our creator. We can have that relationship and eventually we'll have that fellowship. We'll be able to fellowship with him face to face. So I want to focus really quickly on verses 6, 7, and 8. Um, And basically what it's saying is that people, the average man, just think about this. Think about the love that God has for you, for me, for us, right? The entire world. That for the average man... If you had a righteous person, you love your life so much that you probably won't give up your life for some for someone else, you know? And then he takes it a step further and talks about, well, look, if you have someone who really is righteous, who's a good person, then you just make riffus, if you think about it from If you have children or maybe it's your mom or maybe it's your grandma or or sibling or something, but you love them so much. And because of that love you have for them, that you you would be willing to die for them, you know. Um, But that wasn't the case here with Christ. Because, and what I mean when I say that wasn't the case, what I'm talking about is that we were... As sinners, we were haters of God. These were, when God died for the whole world, he died before people came to him, before people accepted him, before people had faith in him and started to worship and express their love. He died for the same people that nailed him to the cross. He died for those who hated him and spit on him and yelled, crucify him. He still died for them. So here you have A God who loves his creation so much that even though they despise him, even though they reject him, even though they ridicule him and mock him, he still died for them because of his love. So it's like we are already reluctant to give up our life for somebody who is good, a good person, you know, especially if they're not related to us. But this is God displayed his unconditional love. When he died on the cross, right? While we were still haters of God, right? While people were still sinners. And that's what it's talking about. It says he demonstrates his own love for us. And while we were still sinners, what when we didn't even love him, right? He still died for us. And because of that sacrifice, now we were justified by his blood and we're saved from the wrath. So when you think of wrath, then you might think of, you know, punishment, right? Punishment or something bad happening. And that's the, that's what we all need to be saved from. We need to be saved from the the penalty of sin. And the penalty of sin is, is death. Not only physical death, but spiritual death as well. It's eternal separation from God. When God's wrath hits the earth as a believer you won't be here to experience that and that's the beauty again that's the hope that we have to look forward to that we won't be here when God sends his wrath upon the earth so and it's because of Christ that we are now reconciled back to God so now verses 12 through 21 that's a section but that's kind of it's a little lengthy, so I'm gonna go through a couple verses um at a time. So as believers, again, like we're saved away from any contact with the wrath of God, either whether it's in time or eternity, and by by putting away sin, this is Christ, right? By putting away sin, which had caused the alienation, alienation of man um, from God, then the Lord Jesus restored those who believe on him to a state of harmony with God. So that's that, that's that restoration. That's that reconciliation that we were talking about before that we have, um, because of Christ's sacrifice. And we, we learn that we are eternally secure in Christ. So death and Adam and life in Christ. So, verse 12 reads therefore justice through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, for until the law sin was in the world but sin is not imputed when there is no law nevertheless death reigned from adam to moses even over those who had not sin according to the likeness of the transgression of adam who was a type of him who was to come. All right. So Adam was the federal headship of humanity. He was the representative of the entire human race. So even though Eve sinned first, if Adam would have not sinned and followed in her footsteps, he could have been the savior of the world. He could have been the one that was, um, totally pure that was without sin that was absolutely perfect right because when god created adam and eve he created both of them perfect until they fell. so adam could have been the savior of the world because he could have been the the representative he was the headship even though she sinned first he was the headship because he was created first so he represented the entire human race and when he sinned all of adam's descendants which is every single person that is ever born that curse or or that sin is imputed on all of us. And now we have um, physical death and then spiritual death. And that is why, in a nutshell, that is why people die today. That's why God uses time. That's why we get old and we start getting wrinkles and your body starts shutting down. Or even before you get to that point, people die because of sin, the wages of sin is death. And because Adam was the representative of the entire human race and because he failed, anyone that is born of him, which is Adam, then you are under that curse. In verse 13, where it says, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. That can be a little tricky. So... What Paul is essentially saying here is that there was no 10 commandments, right? There was no law, but Adam had received an oral commandment from the Lord and he broke that. So because he broke that now you have death that has entered the world. Sin you have uh death that has entered the world as a result of that sin. And sin was in the world but there was no transgression. Remember in um a previous episode uh, I talked about how transgression is violation of a known law, right? So there was sin because there was disobedience to God and his oral command, but there was no transgression, meaning there was, um, there was no disobedience to a, a known law. And that's that when it talks about that, it's, it's is saying that sin sin is not imputed as transgression when there is no law forbidding it, right? So that is how sin was in the world during the period from Adam to the giving of the law. So there was still sin in the world, but at that time, there was no clearly revealed law of God. He only received a clear or a commandment from the Lord and, Centuries later, the Ten Commandments were a distinct written revelation of divine law. But in the intervening period, man didn't have a legal code from God. Therefore, although there was sin during that time, there was no transgression because transgression is a violation of a known law. So, but sin is not imputed as a transgression where there is no law forbidding it. So that's what he's um, basically saying here. And then we move on where it says uh, at the end of verse 14, where it says, um, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him. Notice uh, that the H in him is capitalized. Who was to come? That's talking about Jesus Christ. Uh, Verse 15, but the free gift. Is not like the offense. The offense is the sin that Adam committed. The free gift is salvation that comes through Christ. For if by the one man's offense, that's talking about Adam, many died, right? That's what we just said. Like death is um, the result of sin. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man. Notice that that M is capitalized. Jesus Christ abounded to many. So the two minis, if you will, (laughs) M-A-N-Y, that we talk about in this verse is not referring to the same group of people. So the first one, when it says one man's offense, lowercase m, many die, is talking about. Um, physical death. Everybody, right? That's a lot of people. Everybody that was a descendant of Adam, everyone who was born of Adam, born of him, lowercase h, that's Adam, Die, right? And then it says when it goes on towards the end of the verse and it says, by the grace of the one man, capital M, Jesus Christ, abounded to many salvation. This many is referring to the many that will, M-A-N-Y, the many that will call on the name of Christ jesus christ for salvation everyone won't call on jesus christ for salvation so that many doesn't include uh everyone versus the many that we talked about previously refers to everyone um who is a descendant of adam which is everybody in the world right so verse 16 and the gift is not like so he's doing a uh contrast between um, Adam and Jesus Christ. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Jesus Christ being referred to as the second Adam, but this is why he's referred to as the second Adam. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. So condemnation, we we are condemned through Adam, But we're justified through Christ. Justification comes through Christ. Condemnation comes through Adam. And that's what he's saying in uh, verse 16. So notice where it says for the judgment, which came from one offense, which was Adam's offense, right, resulted in condemnation, but the free gift salvation which came from many sin, many offenses, meaning the entire sins of the whole world, past, present, and future sins, resulted in justification. Verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, capital O, Jesus Christ so here's another comparison because death reigned because of Adam right because we're descendants of Adam we all have to experience physical death but at the at, at the same time you get the gift of righteousness that will reign in in life through the capital O for one Jesus Christ again is not talking about the same group of people the gift of righteousness that will reign in the life Are for those who have accepted Christ, but death reigned through um, all of us, right? Through death reigned through Adam and is passed down to all of us. Verse 18, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment, one man's offense, lowercase o, it's talking about Adam, one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. We said that earlier. Even so, through one man's, Capital M, righteous act, the free gift came to all men. So the first all in this verse means all who are in Adam. All who are in Adam is everybody. Everybody that was ever born is a descendant of Adam. So that's everybody. So when it taught, when it says through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Right, and the second all, what's the second all? Even so, through one man's righteous act, talking about Jesus Christ, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. The second all means all who are in Christ. So the first all condemnation is for all who are in Adam, which is uh born sinners. Everybody who was a born sinner. The second all refers to all who are in Christ, those who have been born again. That's why you need you're born you're a born sinner. That's why you need to be born again. And the second all refers to all who are in Christ, those who have accepted Christ resulting in justification. Um, for as this is the really good verse, right? For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That's again, contrasting. This is talking about Adam because of one man, which is the federal headship representative of all humanity. Adam, because of his disobedience, many were made sinners. All of us are born sinners, right? So also by one man's capital M is Jesus Christ. Because of his obedience, many will be made righteous. Many will be made righteous. Those who accept Christ will be made righteous. Moreover, this verse 20, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death. Even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All the demands of God's holiness have been met through Christ, right? And the penalty of the law has been paid. So God can now grant eternal life to all who completing the merits of Christ, their substitute. So to summarize chapter five, Paul is letting us know that there are benefits of the gospel. Benefits as in we are see- we have favor with God. We have a relationship that has been reconciled because we were once enemies of God. Now we're friends of God. We can even rejoice in our trials and tribulations knowing that it's working something, that it's building something, that God is still going to use that to perfect us, right? Perfect us. To present us holy right before God Um, and he goes on and on and on and not only to remind us of uh, the benefits but also that because of Christ's substitute we're seen as righteous because of that we're reconciled unto God and although it may seem unfair that we all have to suffer or we all are seen as sinners because of one man but Jesus Christ and his sacrifice has made it so that we can be right by one man. So he even canceled that out. If y'all remember um, math and you cancel it out and it's like zero, it's like there was a debt that needed to be paid because of Adam, but because of the life of Christ and the life that we have in Christ and because of his death, then. That debt has been completely wiped out and we got a zero balance when you accept that, when you accept that free gift. So although um, death came because of Adam, life came because of Christ and it is still here and this world has not ended yet. You don't know when you're going to leave this world. You know when your birthday coming up. You don't know when you're going to leave this world. You have no idea. So it's just better to be prepared, to ask God to come into your life, to save you, to show you exactly who he is. I promise you, if you pray that with a sincere heart, God will begin to reveal himself to you. Um, You'll start to understand the word of God more and he'll just change your life. So that's it. That's all until next week.